Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I'm Faraz. Zach is here with us as well. This is going to be a fun one. We all like to predict how these players are going to do. Sometimes it's worth taking a look at what sports books are predicting for players player performances before you try to evaluate a player you want to get you know a little bit of insight to see like all right what are these sports books thinking because a lot a lot of times uh they're right more than they're wrong uh but we're not checking out a sports book today we're checking out underdog fantasy to see what their nfl season predictions are uh they let you go higher or lower on specific stat lines that they offer uh, and we're going to be doing that today. And we're going to give you the reasons that we think certain players will hit those benchmarks or not. A lot of the players we're high on uh, or not high on will likely be revealed, you know, in, you know through this po- through this process uh, in this episode. So, for example, right, um, they have Jalen Hurts at higher or lower than 23 and a half passing touchdowns, right? Uh, 11 and a half rushing touchdowns, 725 rushing yards. Um, and if you feel kind of strong about one of those stat lines, maybe the passing yards going higher or lower, you can throw that into an entry on underdog, and then you can stack that pick with a few other player stat lines, and then you can win some money. Okay, so we're going to go through every position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and then tight end. We're going to grab a few that we like, from each of those uh, and then at the end we're going to create a five pick entry that could potentially win us 20 times what we want to wager so if i throw in five bucks uh i get all of them right i get a hundred bucks from that five dollars at the end of this i'm going to put in a a uh, hundred dollar entry you know so if i get all five right i'm going to end up uh with two thousand dollars that, that's that's how i'm rolling today okay yeah, pretty sweet. um I got a couple of quarterbacks here, Zach, but I want to hear your quarterback first. Let, let, let's let's kick it off with you. All right, should I kick it off with the higher pick or the lower pick? I have one of each. Go with the let's let's start with the lower man. Let's start with the right. lower. Who who, who, and, who are you lower on? 
This one might surprise some people just because we're all projecting a huge season from him, but I have Lamar Jackson under lower than six and a half rushing touchdowns this season. He's run the ball more than 100 times in a season, three times in his career, and those are the first three seasons that he was in the league. In those years, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2020, he rushed for five touchdowns, seven touchdowns, and seven touchdowns. So he is just barely breaking that six and a half or not breaking it. He had five touchdowns his rookie year. Obviously, he played less games. In 2021 and 2022, he rushed the ball 83 and 86 times, respectively, for two and three rushing touchdowns in each of those seasons. That was in Greg Roman's trench warfare offensive scheme, where it's just running the ball was the first, second, third option. And now the Ravens brought in Todd Monken, and Lamar has come out, and he said that there could be much larger emphasis in the passing game this year as well. So the Ravens went out. They actually put their money where their mouth is, getting Lamar actual weapons for the first time in his career. J.K. Dobbins is going to be healthy, running the ball plenty too. Let's not get it twisted. He can definitely run for seven touchdowns, but I don't think he's going to have to this season. That's a high number for any quarterback, six and a half. That means he's going to have, he has to have seven touchdowns to make this pick work, to go over. And even the former MVP might have trouble with that, with a shift in offensive philosophy looming and more weapons to make the prospect of throwing the ball much more attractive than it's been throughout his career. I'm willing to bet that rushing touchdown number stays low and it stays as low as it's been the past two seasons. It's also worth mentioning that Lamar missed five games in each of the past two seasons, so that could be contributing to him you know, having those lower numbers. But with the offense now gearing towards more of a passing attack, not necessarily going to be leaning heavily in favor that way, but more balanced, I think that we could see Lamar Jackson actually have more success through the air than on the ground this season. I like that pick. I like the pick a lot, actually. Trevor Lawrence is who I'm going with here higher than 26 and a half passing touchdowns. I, I think many of us, including myself, are expecting Lawrence to, you know, take that jump, you know, to to where he shows everyone why he was not only the number one pick a couple years ago, but why he was one of the best quarterback prospects coming out in, in a while, right? Um, now, last year, in the first eight games, he threw 1.3 touchdowns per game, uh, 10 to 6 touchdown to interception ratio, uh, in the second half of the year, he looked a little different. He looked a little better. So that's the last nine games of the season. 15 to 2 touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, he also averaged 22 more yards passing per game. Uh, he, he just looked like a different player down the stretch, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. Hit this pass touchdown, this passing touchdown line is set at 26 and a half touchdowns. He threw for 25 touchdowns last year without Calvin Ridley. Okay, so you add Calvin Ridley in there. He's in the second year of Doug Peterson's system. He still has Christian Kirk. He still has Zay Jones. He still has Evan Ingram, who he, you know, formed a late-season connection with. So he has a supporting cast, and he himself can take a step forward into that elite quarterback category this year, right? So I'm going over on Trevor Lawrence, 26-and-a-half passing touchdowns. Who's your next yeah. quarterback? I like that pick. And you mentioned Trevor Lawrence's 15-to-2 touchdown-interception ratio down the stretch last season. Here's another quarterback that had a fantastic stretch to end 2022, 14 to zero touchdown interception ratio. His name's Jared Goff, and his pick right now is over 4,000 passing yards, 4,000.5. So he has to go pretty much over 4,000 passing yards. Goff attempted the six most passes in the NFL, 587, last season, and threw for over 4,000 yards with Khalif Raymond as a receiver with the next most receiving yards behind Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, Come on. This one feels like free money right here. The Lions replaced DeAndre Swift, a receiving running back that they weren't really keen on using, 
with Jameer Gibbs, who's arguably the premier pass catching back in the 2023 class. And they took Gibbs in the first round. So I'd call that, if you ask me, compared to the way they were using DeAndre Swift last season, I'd say Jameer Gibbs is an upgrade in the receiving game. And he's going to give Jared Goff plenty of numbers, you know, just after the catch, inflating his stats by doing what he does best after the catch. Jameer Gibbs, he ranked in the, inside the top five in all three years of his college career in yards per route run, including two straight years of over three yards per route run at Georgia Tech before he went to Alabama. He had one point, I believe it was 1.8, and that was inside the top five for qualifying running backs. But you don't think Jared Goff is going to enjoy that, having that in the receiving game? Not to mention that Sam Laporta was also drafted in the second round. He'll be an upgrade over the leftovers that existed once C.J. Hawkinson was out um, and he went to the Vikings. The Lions took an obvious step forward in the second half of the season. That led to them finishing with the fifth highest scoring offense in 2022. So the supporting cast is better. Golf did more with less last year. He now can do more with more, and that means 4,000 yards will just be a mile marker on the way to him smashing this pick. So I'm nailing the higher pick, Jared Goff, over 4,000.5 passing yards. Yeah, I mean, listen, like Jamison Williams, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, these are weapons that he did not have last year, straight yeah. up. Right? On top so, of Amon Ross St. Brown. Exactly, exactly. So, like, it's just – you know, he's going to smash that. And he went over that last year anyway, right? So even without yeah. these guys. All right. Here's another one I got. Bryce Young's line is set at 22 and a half passing touchdowns and underdog. I got to go with the under here. Since the year 2000, only six rookie quarterbacks have thrown for more than 22 passing touchdowns. Only four first-round quarterbacks since then have thrown for more than 22 passing touchdowns. Since the year 2000. All right. So there have been 63 first round quarterbacks drafted since 2000. So that makes that 6% of first, first round quarterbacks hitting this number. Okay. Uh, only two of the 15 first overall picks since 2000 have thrown more than 22 touchdowns their rookie year since 2000. Can you guess who those two are? First overall picks. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to. Make myself look stupid here. I'm just going to let you say it because I, I don't know. <laughs> Andrew Luck was one of them. Okay. And the second one, starting this year, we're not too excited to have him throw to these two baller receivers. But he had a promising rookie year. He was drafted number one overall. But some would label him a bust, even though he's a starter for this year. Throwing to two baller wide receivers, Baker Mayfield, right? Baker Mayfield? So, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, that's right. Uh, but anyway, that was a little, little little, fun side note there. Now, yeah, you know, Bryce Young just, Bryce Young also doesn't have the weapons to elevate him, right? He's going to have to be the one to elevate his weapons. So that's not really what you want to hear. You, you could use the same logic for CJ Stroud this year, but his – Stat line is set at 20 passing touchdowns, right? A little bit lower, a few couple touchdowns lower. So not as intriguing of a choice between these two if I had to pick a lower on one of them. Um, but still, only 11% of first-round quarterbacks have done that, Twenty, you know, go over 20 passing touchdowns. Uh, and only 10% of top two picks have done it since the year 2000. Okay, so yeah. the chances that I like Bryce Young, okay? Uh, is he a slam dunk prospect? No. Do I think he's going to do well in the NFL? Yes, but the odds are stacked against him, and I just don't think he's going to go over 
this 22 passing yeah. touchdown mark this year. Those are long odds that you just laid out. You know, you talk about that percentage, the chance. It seems like the chance is much higher that he's going to throw for less than 22 because that's the number, you, you know, you threw that out there. And like you said, the, you mentioned the weapons. He's going to have to elevate his weapons. I'm fully in agreement. It's not a fantasy conducive offense that he's going to. It's like they just th- took whatever they could get off of the free agent market with what was left after they traded the the farm away, you know, to actually get Bryce Young, to get him. Um, and they just used whatever was left to get him just people to throw to. And I don't want to crap all over Adam Thielen and like Hayden Hurst, those guys, but they're just not my cup of tea. And you're right. I, I don't think that that touchdown number is going to be, you know, sky high this season. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, uh, I don't want to give a whole big explanation here, but I have a bonus quarterback here, and, and you might also. Uh, Geno yeah. Smith, over 3,800 yards uh, passing. He went way over that last year, um, and he did that without Jack, you know, JSN, right? there. He did it with Lockett yeah. and Metcalf, and now he's going to have all three. And I would imagine that he does something similar or maybe a little bit worse or maybe better. But 3,800 passing yards, I'm taking that over there. Did you have any bonus right. ones for me? I do have a bonus one, and this one might be like a real sleeper pick here, but I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter over 15 and a half passing touchdowns. I was looking at that one because I was looking at that that's one. just the offense that he's on. You know, you have Drake London to throw to Kyle Pitts to throw to even Bijan Robinson to throw to, you know, like these guys that can all get it done in the receiving game and one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. I mean, he's pretty much a rookie, but Desmond Ritter, you'd have to really, really be bad to not hit 15 passing touchdowns on this offense. That that's Agreed. just the way I look at it. Like I, I don't I think Desmond Ritter is that bad. I don't think he's that bad. And we've talked about the Falcons as a sleeper on this podcast a couple times. That one feels pretty easy. It's just there's a little risk to it it feels like because there's just such little experience that Desmond Ritter has yet. But I I kind of love that one. You know? Yeah. <laughs> just I hear you man. Player. I hear you. Now, before I get to the running backs guys, if you want to throw some entries in if you're not an underdog already, if you do sign up at underdogfantasy.com, make sure to use the code UPPERHAND, all one word. You'll get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So that's an extra $100 for a bunch of picks that you want to make for best ball drafts, all that. And it's just a $10 minimum to deposit, and you can start playing right away. So I'll have the link in the description of the podcast episode as well, uh, but just want to let you guys know where you can get in on the action, right? Moving on to running backs. David Montgomery, six and a half rushing touchdowns. I'm smashing the hire on this one. Who Who is the Lions goal line back? It ain't Jameer Gibbs. They don't have a quarterback who's taken away rushing touchdowns in Detroit. It's David Montgomery. Jamal yeah. Williams had 33 carries inside the five-yard line. Now, let, now, let's say that goes down to like 20 goal line carries for Montgomery this year. Behind yeah. that offensive line. He ain't going in for more than six and a half rushing touchdowns. Like the dude is going to have at least 10. And he's the goal line back for a great offense. So smashing the over on this one. Right. And he's not Jamal Williams where that's all you can really do with him. You know, Dave Montgomery is plenty dynamic as a NFL football talent. You know, like he's, he's pretty good running back. So I'm not expecting them to just hammer him away at the goal line. Like they did with Jamal Williams. Maybe the ghost of Jamal Williams will be there when he's running those in, but I think he could do way more than that. You know, so I, I'm with you on that one. That's a sleeper pick. And the reality of the situation is both Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs are going to be good fancy running backs. You know, they're going to have plenty of weeks where they finish inside the top 12. You know, I'm not thinking, 
I don't think Dave Montgomery has a top five finish in him like Jameer Gibbs does, but like on a weekly basis. But I think he has plenty of relevance to the point where he's going to be a solid fantasy contributor the full way throughout the season. 100%, man. All right. Who are you guys, your first running back? This one was easy, and I'm trying not to let my Cowboys fandom shine through here, but <laughs> Tony Pollard over 1,025.5 rushing yards. Now, mind you, Pollard ran for 1,000 yards last season, 1,007 to be exact, when Zeke carried the ball 231 times. Tony Pollard carried the ball 193 times. Pollard was, a, was fifth in the NFL in yards per attempt last year, second in yards after contact per attempt, and was the only running back under 200 carries to have over 30 rushes of 10-plus yards. So what does that tell you? He's one of the most explosive one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL. Cool. He got injured in the playoffs last season. He has an entire offseason to come back from it. He's not rushing back from it. He's going to come back healthy. He's going to be the same. He's not old. He's not like 28 or 29. He's going to be 26. So Zeke's out of the picture. Pollard's been hyper-efficient his entire career. Finally got the opportunity in 2022. He's primed for a goal line role. Like, what is there not to like here? Pollard should easily have 230 or more touches in the ground game. And that's a low number, you know, for any type of workhorse running back. You talk about workhorse running back, we're looking at like 275. He can get it done with 230, I think. And that's just about 40 more attempts than he had last season. I, like I said, I think that's low. Even if his efficiency takes a little dip, you know, that more consistent workload is going to result in a thousand yards regardless, because this guy is super talented. He has hardly any tread that's taken off. You know, he's plenty of tread left on the tires. He's been running behind Zeke his whole career. I think that him going for 1,025 is pretty much, you know, like it, it's already in stone. It's going to happen. Like if I could get that sports almanac right now from Back to the Future and look and see Tony Pollard's total rushing yards in 2023, it's definitely going to be over 1,025. I even like the over on his touchdown line. His touchdown line is set as seven and a half. The dude scored nine touchdowns last year without a goal line roll. Yeah. So now that he has the goal line roll, I would imagine that he at least hits what he hit last year or more. Over, right. seven and a half, over seven and a half, I'm smashing that one too. Right? All right. My next guy, Saquon Barkley's rushing line is set at 975 and a half rushing yards. Smashing the over. He's the Giants offense. He's the engine. Like, he's going to get fed. He played 16 games last year, and he didn't play 17 because the Giants rested their starters in week 18. He still had 1,300 rushing yards. So why is this set at 975? But for us, uh, the holdout, he, he might hold out. Listen, man, Saquon ain't <laughs> holding out, man. Okay. Uh, 1,300 rushing yards. Like, dude, I understand, I understand running backs get hurt, especially high-volume running backs. But even if he misses a couple of games, I think he can still hit this mark and get his 1,000-yard rushing season. It doesn't take that much to get it, right? Like less than right. 60 yards per game and you know he hit a thousand yards in three of his last five seasons the other two where he didn't hit it one was his acl year the other one was a year after the acl so go figure right so right. this one man i'm i'm smashing the over on this one too this is one of my favorites to be honest yeah a, a thousand yards it used to be like an accomplishment it really felt like an accomplishment but it's weird because like they added one game and suddenly it's like it seems so easy to get that thousand yards Right. It's like 16 games. Wow. A thousand yards in a season. Holy crap. And in 17 games, it's like, eh, thousand yards should be 1200. Like, what are we talking about? But either way, I, I just find that interesting. I don't mind that pick. I'm not huge on that pick. 
I don't know about the holdout. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's just enough to scare me away. There are better picks out there, including my next one, which is Bijan Robinson over 1,075 rush yards. This is one of the easiest picks to make for me. Like maybe this is my Saquon pick that, you know, mirrors what yours is. But the Falcons are widely regarded as having one of the top run blocking offensive lines in the NFL. And they just drafted the most dynamic running back talent since your guy, Saquon Barkley, at eighth overall. They just took him. The track record for first round running backs drafted inside the top 25 picks since 2019 is fantastic. Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, and Saquon Barkley all ran for over 1,100 yards in the rookie seasons. 2018 was Saquon Barkley. Sorry. But, um, there's an argument to be made for Bijan as the best talent of all these guys that I just mentioned. And he's walking into arguably the best situation of any of them as well. When they join the league, you know, comparatively, I think this is probably the best situation that any running back of his talent has really walked into. Um, and where there are questions at quarterback, there are usually running backs with answers. And on a team with a great offensive line in the weak division with Desmond Ritter, Mr. Question Mark at quarterback, I'm slapping the Zach stamp of approval on Bijan going over 1,075 yards. There it is. Just did it. This one is as guaranteed as any pick on underdog right now, I think. I mean, this is generational running back talent, rookie year. If there's any position that produces as soon as they walk in the NFL, it's running backs. And B. John Robinson has it. Situation, talent, book it. Over 1,075. Love it. Love it. Let's move on to wide receivers, Zach. I got an under for you that might surprise you a little bit. Yeah. It's a rookie. Okay. I'm not Jordan surprised. Addison. <laughs> 825 and a half receiving yards. That's where his line's at. I am going under on this one. And I know this is going to ruffle some feathers because there's a lot of Jordan Addison fans out there. And by the way, I'm one of them. Yeah, but I am too. Since 2010, only two wide receivers to be taken after the top 20 in the first round have reached that mark. Justin Jefferson. And Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> Kelvin if there Benjamin, was a, if there was a 17th game, maybe Calvin really, maybe DeAndre Hopkins, maybe DJ Moore. Brandon Ayuk missed a few games his rookie year. He definitely would have hit it. Uh, yeah. But the hit rate would still be below 20%, even if those guys did hit it. And is Addison going to get that as the number two? Is he the number two? Or is TJ Hawkinson the number two? Yeah. So... If we only look at round one wide receivers since 2010, you know, picked anywhere in, in, in the first round, the guys who have hit that 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 mark were mainly the primary passing option on their offense. And they were very, you know, high-level prospects. Now, I love Addison. I think he's a great prospect. But I don't think he's in the category of guys like Drake London, Devontae Smith, CeeDee Lamb, you know, guys who didn't even hit 1,000 yards their rookie year, you know, albeit in 16 games. But, yeah. you know, they were right around there, right? Drake London was, um, you know, Drake London, you know, was a great prospect. Obviously, the offensive system wasn't ideal for him. Uh, but the offensive system will be fine for Addison. But he might be the third target, you know, third target in this offense. So the odds are kind of stacked against him here. So I'm, right. I'm going with the under. All right. That's fair. But do you feel any better about Jordan Addison over maybe his touchdown prop? Four and a half? Like, you know, the, see, the thing with the touchdowns, right? And you'll notice that I'm not going to be – I might not put in one single touchdown prop for for on underdog. They're just extremely hard to predict. 
right? Yeah. I think it's way easier to predict yardage because you know what the opportunity is going to look like. But touchdowns are so volatile from year to year. Like, look at Deontay Johnson, right? Like, you know, he had like 140 targets last year, zero touchdowns. It's super volatile. You, you never know what's going to happen there. So I tend to stay away from those uh, unless it's a running back. The running backs, I feel like, are a lot easier uh, to kind of predict, you know, between between the running back and the wide receiver position. Yeah. Okay, I hear that. I, I just look at it, and this is just me extrapolating a little bit because we saw what Adam Thielen was able to do. And I hey think man, Jordan Addison Adam Thielen today, was like a end zone. He was yes, a red zone monster. Yes, but Jordan Addison today, compared to Adam Thielen last season, that's got to be close, if not Jordan Addison in Jordan Addison's favor, as far as who I'd rather have. And yeah, I think that the Vikings offense is going to be plenty good. You know, sure. I would say maybe he doesn't get that yardage that we're looking for, but on an offense that's going to be good. Say Kirk Cousins throws for 30 touchdowns. Justin Jefferson takes max 15, and that's shooting high. You're going to have plenty of other touchdowns to go around. I think Jordan Addison could hit that four and a half. Now, that's not one of my picks, but I'm just looking at it. I remember seeing that. I thought, that seems a little low, because I think Jordan Jordan Addison is very good, and he can produce even if TJ Hawkinson has five or six touchdowns. I think Addison can find himself over that four and a half touchdown mark. That's just me. Anyway. Gotcha. I have another pick don't mind so i'm going with your guy garrett wilson over 1150 receiving yards and this one feels pretty damn easy too i mean garrett wilson put up 83 1103 and four with one of the worst quarterback platoons in the nfl last season and maybe in my recent memory that we've seen around it was bad you know and he was a rookie so a couple things to address there over a thousand yards you know he had over he had 139 targets and that was as a rookie with a platoon of Joe Flacco, who I don't even know why he's in the league right now, Mike White, who had two good games, and Zach Wilson, who is pretty much out of a job at this point. So I just want to put it in perspective. He's fantastic. He's going to produce regardless of, of who's at QB. But boy, does it help to have four-time NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers coming over from Green Bay. Like This is just like too easy, it feels like, right? Combine that drastic boost in the level of QB play that Wilson will enjoy. He had 22 missed tackles forced in 2022, which was second among all wide receivers. With that fact that he's just, you know, producing at this level that's unheard of for a rookie with backups at quarterback, you've got yourself an elite wide receiver one this, this season, easily. 1150 is the target number for this pick, but that's just 47 more yards than what he posted in his rookie year. Um, a whole lot would have to go wrong for Wilson to miss this mark, and it's not likely that scenario plays out with Rodgers under center. In the past 10 full seasons that Rodgers has played, his top receiver in receiving yardage has averaged 1,200 receiving yards in a season. Fun fact, none of those receivers were first-round picks. Garrett Wilson is. So it's just set up perfectly. We see this coming from a mile away, but 1150 just seems like super low for the talent level, and now he has a Hall of Fame quarterback that he's going to have throwing passes to him. So this one's easy for me. Garrett Wilson over 1150. I agree with you, man. I'm taking it. Right. As Another guy. Fan, the resident Jets fan. As a Jets fan, as not a Jets fan, I'm with you, man. I'm with you 100%. Um, right. Brandon Ayuk's receiving line, 775 and a half receiving yards. I'm going over here. As a matter of fact, I'm smashing the over here. How long are we going to have to wait for, for Ayuk to absolutely go off? It's going to happen. He had a 1,000 yeah. yard receiving season last year. He would have had one in his rookie year if he didn't miss four games. He went over this 
he went over this mark in 2021, even though he was in the doghouse for half of the year. There's an argument that Ayuk is a top 15 wide receiver in the league, and it's only a matter of time that this guy breaks out. And I get that the 49ers have a lot of mouths to feed. I get that the 49ers have a lot of mouths to feed, I should say. But even in the games after Christian McCaffrey got there, he was still on pace for almost 1,100 receiving yards. And his line is set at 775. So if you ask me, I'm going higher. Yeah. I think that's fair. Would you? Okay. This might be a, I'm going to try and draw a hot take out of you, but we'll see if it exists. Who is the better pass catcher in San Francisco right now? Ayuk or Debo? Ayuk, and it's not close. Okay. Do you think that who's, would be a hot the, take? Who's the best like after people... the catch guy? After the catch, obviously Debo. He, he's yeah. so versatile. But who's the better wide receiver? It's it's Brandon Ayuk, and I don't think it's close. I feel like people would be really butthurt about that. I don't, I, think I don't so. know why. I think a lot of people I'm... understand that, I would say. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, there's, there's definitely some people. I know a couple friends of mine, they're Debo truthers. But gotcha. Gotcha. That, that's just me. Because they're hanging on to that 20, yeah, 2021 season. Yeah. Where he just did everything. Which Oh, yeah. I, he was yeah. a beast. He was a beast. Completely and that was understand. also the season that Ayuk was in the doghouse. Yeah. Inexplicably. You know? Like, why? Right? Yeah. It didn't <laughs> make any sense, sense to me. It didn't make any yeah. sense to me. All right. Who you got, man? Who's your first right. wide receiver? An- another favorite. And it seems like I, a lot of these players, you know, they come up a lot. I just drafted this guy on the last episode, you know, for our fantasy com- the community mock draft. I'm going with Amon Ross St. Brown over 1,010 receiving yards. Imagine for just a second, you know, let me just put this in your head. You're on the street and somebody comes up to you and says, is Amon Ross St. Brown going to be a 1,000-yard receiver in 2023? What is your immediate, you know, knee-jerk reaction to that? Yes, yes or no? Yes. Okay, cool. What if we add 10 yards? Do you think he's going to fall short? <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. Yeah, no. <laughs> not even close. You're absolutely not. You're gonna say you're not gonna say no. Because he's one of the he's on one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. Again, the Lions were fifth in scoring last year, and he's an alpha wide receiver one in a high val- volume passing offense. Like I said, Jared Goff threw the six most passes last year with the Lions. And he has a history of throwing plenty of passes. He led the league, I believe, in 2018 in pass attempts. So Jared Goff, he can sling it. And he's happy just sitting back, throwing the ball. He's a pocket quarterback, but he throws the ball a lot. The line's got better on offense in this draft. That's going to help on my Ross St. Brown because it's going to be less attention to him. Obviously, there's a chance targets become a little bit more dispersed. But at the end of the day, I'm a Ross St. Brown's going to demand targets. He's a target demander, and he's going to eat first. You know, as we've said plenty of times on this podcast, on Instagram posts, that kind of thing. And there's not really going to be any real, real target competition until James yeah. Williams comes back from his suspension. And that might even take a couple games for him to get ramped up, you know, and actually garnering targets. So he already has a thousand yard season under his belt. Unless he completely falls off the face of the earth or he gets hurt, there isn't really a world where St. Brown falls short of this. And he's also averaging over a thousand yards a season in his two year career. So he had 963 yards, I believe, in 2021. And last season he had 11 six something i forget what it was it was well over a thousand yards we know wide receivers are kind of notorious for third year breakouts and does amon ross st brown have breakout written all over him i i think so i think he could even do that you know if he hasn't broken out already it's gonna be another level of breakout so a thousand ten receiving yards like come on give me that i see it man i see it happening one of my favorite players in the league you know yeah so we talked about quarterbacks we talked about running backs we talked about wide receivers 
Um, I also like, you know, as a bonus, Zay Flowers, over 599.5 receiving yards. Um, that's about 35 receiving yards a game. You know, if yeah. you look at all the first-round wide receivers since 2010, 70% of them have hit at least 35 receiving yards per game. And, you know, this is assuming that Zay plays all 17 games. 35 is a low number. If you remove, you know, if he misses two games, you still have like 40 receiving yards. You know, there's still a chance that he's the number one behind Mark Andrews, right? So, yeah. number one wide receiver behind Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman dealing with the Lish Frank injury, Todd Munkin coming in. Then we know what they're going to pass the ball more. I kind of like this. He's, he was my favorite wide receiver besides JSN. So, All right. can he hit 600 receiving yards his rookie year? I think so. I think he can hit that pretty easily. Um, yeah. a, a, any other quick hits from you? For wide receiver? Deep, 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 deep sleeper pick. Deep. Isaiah Hodgins, over 425. I, I feel like that could totally happen. This is so I mean, deep. We, we saw him go for 100 yards in the playoffs. He had another 89-yard game at the tail end of last season. I mean, they haven't really brought in, but they brought Darren Waller in. But I don't think that's going to throw Isaiah Hodgins completely out of the mix. 425 receiving yards over 17 games. I don't have my calculator near me. But that's a low number per game. And I think that Isaiah Hodgins is going to be at least a little involved, you know, because Richie James is out. I mean, at route wide receiver, sure, Paris Campbell's going to be there. But Daniel Jones, as much as I crap on him, he can throw the ball. He just hasn't had a whole lot of talent. And Isaiah Hodgins, he's quarterback friendly, I think. You know, he actually had a little rapport with Daniel Jones. I wouldn't just write that off. I'm looking at that. I think that one might be like a sneaky, easy pick. I'm going under. All right, I'm going so to just hate on my pick. Okay, yeah, 100. Okay. I'm going to totally hate on it. Who's right, Isaiah right, right, Hodges? Right. Who? Who is he? Who? I don't even know. All Came right, over anyway. from the Bills. Yeah, whatever. Um, another quick ask for you guys before we get to tight ends. It literally takes two seconds. Doesn't cost you anything. Please subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you're using right now. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Podbean, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever. And if you're Highly. feeling, if you're <laughs> highly appreciate it highly um, appreciate it if you're feeling extra generous please rate and review the podcast on whatever app you're using if you're enjoying it we would appreciate yeah. that now my first tight end i think this is an easy one man mark andrews over 800 and a half receiving yards can he get over okay. 800 receiving yards this year uh yeah i think he can how is this line yeah. only at 800 receiving yards? Like, it might be because of how seemingly crowded this receiving core is, but I think the pecking order is pretty well determined at this point. And that Andrews is the alpha here. He's that dude. He's eating first. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Right. So, right. if there was an alpha wide receiver on this roster right now, sure. You know, I don't think there is one at this point, especially because Bateman's still dealing with that Lish Frank injury. Andrews hit 800 yards last year on in only 15 games and Lamar wasn't even healthy. He hit yeah. this mark three of the last four seasons and now he's going to be the first option in a more pass-friendly system. So yeah. I'm going to bet on good players and I'm going to bet on Mark Andrews here. Yeah, I agree. And mind you, last season was widely considered a down year for Mark Andrews. I mean, you know, in terms of fantasy, his production, you know, he had his lowest yards per reception of his career last year so i'm with you i mean it feels easy but i, I think we'll, i think yeah I, I i agree with that but i'm not as bullish on it i think as you are 
Lock it in, Zach. All right. <laughs> I got another one. You're probably going to be like the same way about as I am about your pick with this pick. I'm going with Dalton Schultz over 500 receiving yards. Why? I've been talking about Dalton Schultz a whole lot, you know, and whether it was the targets and avoids, and then now it's this podcast. Like, Dalton Schultz, yes, he has a rookie at quarterback, CJ Stroud. But we have have we heard a single negative thing about Stroud this offseason besides maybe some bad test scores? Like, we all remember the headlines. Like, oh, he did badly on that one test that measures, you know, intelligence. Like, who cares? He- he's playing football. I mean, we're, he's we're probably pretty intelligent. Here. He just didn't prepare for the test because he just wants to yeah. play football. Who cares? Yeah. So, like, why would you let one bad test score, you know, ruin the way you think about a quarterback? The Texans offense is going to be much better this year with Stroud at the helm than it was last year with Davis Mills. Guaranteed. And Dalton Schultz, he's the veteran security blanket that Stroud's going to use early and often. He's had over 500 yards, Dalton Schultz has, in each of the past three seasons in Dallas, competing against far better competition for targets than Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. So carving out a role for himself in this offense, the Texans offense, devoid of weapons, I don't think that's going to be an issue for him. And for what it's worth, Stroud has been compared multiple times to Schultz's old QB, Dak Prescott. Just saying. It'll be a volume game for Schultz at the end of the day, for sure. But 500 yards is a low bar to clear for a guy who can realistically catch 60 passes a season. And for context, if Schultz catches 60 passes a season, you have to average just over eight yards a catch to crack 500 yards in 17 games. 88 tight ends averaged 8.3 or more yards per reception in 2022. So Schultz, he's got it lined up pretty good. He averaged, Schultz too, at least 9.8 yards per reception each of the past three seasons. So this guy, he's not George Kittle after the catch dynamic. He's not a Travis Kelsey type of tight end, but he's going to be plenty reliable for you. And for CJ Stroud, I think 500 receiving yards, that's, that's pretty darn easy. I think so. I, I I think I would actually agree with that. And and Bobby Slowick, you know, D'Amico Ryan's poached him. You know, he brought him over from San Francisco, you know, and he was the you know passing game coordinator for the 49ers. And we know that that system is a pretty tight end friendly system, right. right? We've seen that in the past. So even without George Kittle, a lot of times, like whoever the backup was, you could potentially play that tight end uh, and, and get some points. So so I do like that call. I think that's a low line for Schultz, and I think he's going to be at worst the number two option. Uh, you know, behind like Nico Collins, maybe. And he still also has a chance to be the number one option. That's still in the right. range of his possibilities um, over in Houston. All right. I got an interesting one. Very close to the same 500 receiving yard line you have. Tyler Higby higher than 499.5 receiving yards. Yeah. How are you feeling about that, Zach? That, that's bold. <laughs> I'll give you that. That's bold. Is but it? When is you, it? Lo- when you look at the guys around him, I, I understand where you're coming from. Listen, man. Higby has went over this mark each of the last four years, even while playing in 15 games through the last four years. So he missed a couple games here and there. Last year, he spent half the year without Stafford. He still hit 620 receiving yards. He, he does stay relatively healthy. Uh, he's likely going to be the number two target behind Cooper Cup, and it might be hard to believe, but he was fourth in targets among tight ends last year behind Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, and Mark Andrews. So this might be a little bit of a boring one, but I think it's going to win me some money. Yeah. It won't be boring when you're winning money off of it. You know, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) listen to the target totals to open the season last season. He had 11, 9, 4, 14, 10. Like, that's fantastic usage. That was obviously with Stafford, but he also went... And he had between week sixteen and eighteen last season, he had eleven four seven. So it's like he 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 demands targets, oddly enough. You know, obviously 
it's easier to do that when you're only competing with Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup gets a bunch of targets, but there's nobody else really to balance out that offense. So it's going to be top heavy, you know, by nature. So I agree. Tyler Higby, I didn't even see that one. I'm surprised I missed it. That one seems pretty easy. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page about that one. All right, who's your next yeah. one? All right, so remember you were just talking about how the tight end friendly system in San Francisco was good for Dalton Schultz. It was yeah. also good for George Kittle. And <laughs> George Kittle, I'm going with over 700 receiving yards. And it seems more and more likely that Brock Purdy is going to be the guy in San Fran whenever he returns from that UCL injury. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's still like up in the air. But that's fantastic news for Kittle because he was Purdy's favorite target. And it wasn't like particularly close, you know, last season. In the last four weeks of 2022, all with Purdy, Kittle had three two touchdown games to go along with 66 receiving yards per game as well. So that stretch with Purdy was by far the best stretch games he had in 2022. And I think it would be disingenuous to just chalk it up to wild fluke that, oh, Brock Purdy came in and he relied on Kittle. That's going to change this season. Obviously, Brent Ayuk and Debo Samuel are good, but Kittle isn't going to go away. He's not just going to go away with these other guys around him. He's not somebody to just be phased out. There's definitely chemistry between Purdy and Kittle. It's also worth mentioning that Kittle has tallied at least 760 receiving yards in four of the past five seasons. And that one season where he had less in 2020 was when he missed eight games of playing time. Even then, he had over 600 yards receiving. So Brock Purdy has a fantastic track record with George Kittle. As long as Brock Purdy's starting, which I think is going to be the case, 700 receiving yards for George Kittle. That one's really easy for me. you know. And I don't have that in my top five picks, but that's right there. You know, I, I was between that one and another pick, you know, for my you know top five card that I have prepared for this podcast. Yep. But George Kittle, I mean, can you really bet against him? You know, I, I don't I really you. want to. It's a very I good offense you. down there. So let's go ahead and do that, man. Let's create our five pick entry for a chance to 20x my money. I'm throwing in a hundred bucks. If I get all five of these right at the end of the at the end of the year, I'm picking up two thousand dollars. All right. Here are the five that I feel best about. At number one, David Montgomery over six and a half rushing touchdowns. At number two, Saquon Barkley over 975 rushing yards. Number three, Brandon Ayuk over 775 receiving yards. Number four, Bryce Young under 22 and a half passing touchdowns. And number five, Mark Andrews over 800 receiving yards. Book it. Lock it yours. Free money from Faraz. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, here's some free money for me. I have number one, Jared Goff, over 4,000 passing yards. Free, free money right there. Tony Pollard, over 1,025 rushing yards. Easy. Bijan Robinson, over 1,075 rush yards. Amal Ross St. Brown, over 1,010 receiving yards. And Dalton Schultz, over 500 receiving yards. That, lock it in. More free money. Love it. And I can't, Love it. I can't wait until we're swimming in the dough. <laughs> We'll, we'll be back in six months, seven so months. let you guys know how it went. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, guys, if you want to throw some entries in yourself, if you're not an underdog already, if you do sign up at underdogfantasy.com, use the code UPPERHAND, you'll get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So that's an extra $100 for picks, for best ball drafts, all of that. Uh, just a $10 minimum to deposit, and you can start playing right away. I have the link in the description of the podcast episode as well. We appreciate you guys. Thank you again. Please subscribe to the podcast. It helps us out so much. It takes two seconds if you haven't done it already. Next week, we're going to get into the meat of draft season. We're going to get break down a ton of players for you. 
So we'll see you then. Take it easy. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye.